What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. What's up? And to my left by Zachary Parks. What's happening? If you did not know, you can send us a comment and or a Twitter tweet thing, one of those (laughs) online correspondences that are (laughs) greatly available to the masses, by our email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com or following us on Twitter at teamchatpodcast, where you can send us a question, comment, anything at all, really. We just like getting them mm-hmm. and talking to and, and talking we'll about them. them. And we'll read them like this email right now. <laughs> segue. Nice segue from Cody. And he says, hey, guys, first off, I've been listening since episode one and always look forward to the next. So hearing you guys say the episodes will be weekly now on from now on was a very nice surprise. On top of most difficult challenging on the topic of oh, sorry, on the topic of most difficult slash challenging games, my list would have to be one, the Fire Emblem Fire Emblem series. Nice. Two, Dark Souls. And three, Nuz Nuzlocke? Nuzlocke? Yeah, have you ever played Nuzlocke? <laughs> Nuzlocke? Come on, Jarrett. I don't know. No, you're a gamer. It's a, I gotta pl- admit, Dark I've never Souls playthrough Nuzlocke playthrough of Pokemon games. Oh no, never mind. It's you where know that? yeah, okay. Oh, if you don't know what Nuzlocke is, <laughs> <was, laughs> yeah. look it up and do it. Read these. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it, but I forgot about that before we got into the, I, the I like recording. The surprise. Well, I like we, the surprise. We did of it. we did uh clear Dark Souls. We said we weren't gonna talk about Dark Souls. Because we talked about Dark Souls before. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't think we talked about it on the actual episode, but like we talked about it before and we were we kind did, of planning it because we, we were just like we've talked about Dark Souls. We all know Dark Souls is so hard. Let's Let's figure out something. Dark Souls is a great obvious pick. And I'm not obvious. sure I can handle another nervous breakdown about Dark Souls. I'm yeah. just thinking about <laughs> like, terrible Logan flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes on to say, secondly, on your episode of the reviews of Twilight Princess, Mogan says that she was confused because the world was flipped in a mirror. That's because she is right. <gasps> hey. The GameCube and Wii versions of the original Twilight Princess were mirrors of each other. This is because Link is left-handed. So in the GameCube version, he was left-handed. But for the Wii version, you use the motion controls on the Wii remote to actually swing the sword. But most people are right-handed, not left. I'm a lefty. Proud of it. You're really proud of it? My bro is a lefty. Well, there we go. <laughs> Lefties around the world. Yeah, well, right. we know that. We are a small community, but we're Cody knows we're his strong. stuff. He, he does. does. That's, That's awesome. I was really stuff. like, I'm glad I, I wasn't going insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. You're like turning good your TV to upside down. <laughs> I was like, just like something, it in a mirror. something's <laughs> terribly wrong. So they just mirrored the entire world so Link would be right-handed. So when they, they made the HD remake, they just went with the GameCube's version where Link is left-handed and okay. used that, which is why you think it is mirrored because okay. you played the Wii version. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yep. It's actually very fascinating. That, that is. is. That is really an interesting choice that they would make that based yeah. on. I mean, it makes and sense. It does make it. sense. Yeah. No, I noticed immediately. Yeah. I was like, something's, something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> something is not, not right. right. <laughs> Press like, the on button. <laughs> something's different. Yeah. So thank you, Cody, for that wonderful email. And please, remind, as a reminder, if you have... Just send us more. We like reading them. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like reading them. They're nice. We it's mostly like listening. your It's a lot of fun to have them. fun interaction with, it, with everybody who listens, yeah. so that's mm-hmm. why we like getting these. But on now to the topic of this episode, which we wanted to do kind of a discussion list of some of the more, not necessarily our favorites, Mm-mm. yes, but memorable video game characters, mm-hmm. which I think this is a long time coming. And obviously, since we've been talking about video games for now, this is the th- 15th episode? Yeah. Are fit- we really on 15? I think yeah. so. I thought yeah. we were on 13. No. 13 oh was last week. 15 episodes in, and you still can't get Twitter right? 
I know. It's a tweet, man. It just keeps it, it just keeps people guessing. It's a tweet, man. Is he gonna is I want he that gonna, on his shirt? Yes. Tweet, Write that down. It's just gonna keep everybody guessing. Is Jarrett gonna flub through the <laughs> intro or is he gonna just go straight through <laughs> nice and clean? Maybe he's finally got it this time. <laughs> Somewhere I'll I will finally peek and just nail it and I'm then gonna, everyone I'm, will be okay. like, This is boring now. Nothing <laughs> right. to guess about. I'm putting my money on you'll finally get it right and then Twitter will officially go out of style. And we will not be using it anymore. <laughs> this is true. Have to learn a new platform mm-hmm. all over again. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Something like Yik Yak. That's, that's or, my money. Yeah, Yik Yak, Wing Wang. <laughs> yeah, one of those other ridiculous messaging yeah. apps that are out there. We'll what just do it all by Snapchat. Yeah, oh, Snapchat. Snapchat. We record a whole episode. Snaps. <laughs> hey, maybe that'd be pretty cool. That would be that's fun. That's actually not a bad <laughs> idea. We should do it. And then, but we'll we look into it. Yeah, we need video component to show people the snaps that we get. I know. We'll all plans for the future. All plans for the future. By the way. It's pretty fun. I don't I don't post much on it, but it's fun. But anyway, so yes, getting back to it. So memorable characters. We didn't really want to necessarily restrict this to our favorites because... How would at, you? Exactly. How mm-hmm. would you? And also, it's an ever-changing list. It, yeah. Just like what we've talked about with weapons and things of that. This is very that. comparable to favorite weapons. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure this is part one of... Of many. Of memorable characters. Because I'm sure... I don't know. Maybe some of these characters that you guys have picked, you don't even like. And so favorite might be a bad description. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. they're just they're just uh, yeah. I mean, that... they're, they're, for me, a more accurate way to describe it is as a memorable character. Me too. Yeah. Me for too. one who stood out, and I was just like, ah, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, mm-hmm. that as just being like they stick in my head as being like I like as being a major reason for why I like some of these games mm-hmm. as just being like that person made it awesome or right. thing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so who wants to go? Let's jump in. Not go it. first. Not it. <laughs> All right. I called it. No. Not, it. <laughs> not it. Not it. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, you want to go first? <laughs> yep. So this one is one that I've talked about a little bit before. Um, or I've talked about the game, not necessarily the character as much. But it is John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. Oh, is I actually the main was... character? He's the main character. Okay. Yeah. And so for a little quick backstory, those who don't know, John Marston is an outlaw, and he was part of a, of a gang um, – who, you know, did bad outlaw things <laughs> as in, the, gangs do. in the Wild West, Actually. as gangs do. It's their occupation. Well, eventually, John, ha- you know, he has a, he gets married and has a kid, and he's like, you know, this outlaw life is not the life that I should be leading anymore. I need to settle down, be a respectable man, and, you know, live a peaceful life with my family. And so he moves out, um, way out into the West and tries to do that, but unfortunately, the law comes, comes hunting him down and is like, look, we're going to arrest you. We'll probably hang you unless you help us hunt because down. Because of his past? Because of his past. Yeah. Um, but he says, but hey, we won't if you help us hunt, hunt down the rest of your uh, the rest of your gang. And so he's with this dilemma that he really doesn't want to do that anymore, but he also realizes, hey, if I don't do this, then I'm going to die, yeah, which leaves no one to protect my family. So it's an interesting – he's an interesting character because he's tough as nails for one, and he, you know he doesn't take shit from anybody. I don't know why that lamb is flickering. It's done a couple <laughs> times now. Me out. But, you know, he's t- uh, tough as nails and, d- and will fight anybody who comes his way, which obviously, as in a game with Red Dead Redemption, you can choose how much of that you actually do. You know, you can just go crazy and shoot everybody on site. You can only shoot bad guys who come after you. Well, that's interesting. That's kind of up to you. Because I was going to ask you whether or not <clears throat> he's a good guy or a bad guy as you're playing him. Like, do you, like obviously, you're doing you have good intentions in a, in a sense, or maybe you're just saving your own ass. Like what kind of like, what's the actual word for it? It's like a deuter, deuteragonist. Am I saying it right? 
Deuteronomy? I've, no, I've no, never heard that it's, term. <laughs> it's the it's the middle ground between protagonist and antagonist. Oh, it's spelled crazy, and I'm, I oh, may not be saying it right, but it's like a person who maybe I'm Somewhere not even thinking of the right word. I don't know, but that's an interesting. Maybe I should thought. keep these thoughts to myself from now. It sounded on. like you were saying like dude protagonist. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is what I was saying. That's well, is he? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. so it's, it's up to you whether or not he's kind of a good guy or a bad guy. Well, yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's quite as in depth as like Fallout, where you have this reputation. Yeah, you know, right, you build right. this reputation of like, ooh, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Give him space. But like, if you went cra- walked into a town and went crazy, started shooting all the sheriffs and sheriff mm-hmm. deputies and all that stuff, you'd eventually get a bounty put on your head. Okay. You'd be called an outlaw, and like the you know. Other bounty, other sheriffs would come, you know, sheriffs and deputies would come after you eventually, like the army would come after you and stuff like that. So it's like you, you could do that, but obviously it adds an added layer of difficulty to the game if you're constantly having to dodge slash kill more. Right. Uh, people who it's are trying to hunt you down. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, it, he, he's just a great character because he is this old, you know, he's trying to do right now, but he has basically so much to make up for mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along the way he meets this, uh, this farm, this farmer and his daughter who he helps like, you know, get their ranch back on track after it's fallen on some hard times. He run, you know, and he just runs across in these major characters kind of helps gets involved at some point in a Mexican, uh, revolution and stuff that ha- that's oh. happening when you go into the Mexico part that's of the cool. game. Yeah, it's just he's just got a lot of a lot of depth to him that is. I mean, for a game like Red Dead Redemption, you, there would have to be to keep you engaged and keep you be like, oh, why do I care? Well, Rockstar, I think when I was and even thinking about doing this list, I don't have anything from Grand Theft Auto, and I feel like that's kind of a sin. Because they really? do such a great development, they have such memorable characters. Whether huh. or not they're either the main ones from like Grand Theft Auto Five, which are much more fleshed out than like mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto Three, for example. Even though Grand Theft Auto Four with Nico Bellic, he's a pretty good character too. But they do a really good job with side characters as well. You can tell they put a lot of effort into developing characters. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about that one. I think a couple episodes ago, like all of Trevor's henchmen and stuff. Those yeah. are the ones mm-hmm. who usually stick out in my head. But it's just like it's yeah. you know because it's <laughs> just right. how they're all like this weird hey, like. The guy that's the, with the clown posse uh, uh, face paint on. I forget his uh, name, but he's so funny. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a snarling idiot, but mm-hmm. he like lo- you look at him and you're like, oh, this dude's kind of right. kind of a hard ass. But yeah. then you, he talks and you're just like, crap, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> I know. We but talked about it in that did. episode, we and we said I think it. You so. came up, I think you remembered his name because I don't think I, I think I had just been like playing it or something. But like Rockstar that. just they do a really good job with character development. Red Dead Redemption, the, at least I've never played it, and I know I need to, or I wish, or I know I missed out. But you've talked about it before. But it sounds like a wonderful kind of departure. From the Grand Theft Auto vibe, it's, I mean, it, it very much very has. Different. It very much has a lot of that. Like same mm-hmm. thing with Grand Theft Auto. You can go crazy and start shooting everybody, but right. the cops are going to come right. at you, kind of stuff. <laughs> so they they take a lot of of that into account. They take into effect like the map of Red Dead Redemption is huge, right? You know, and you run it, and the same thing you run into like side activities that you can just run it that will pop up on your map and and things like that to take care of. But yeah, but it's and they have really great. Side characters in that game too. You meet this like really crazy old cowboy who's like clearly touched in the head, and he's insane. <laughs> but, and you find him; he's like digging up graves in a graveyard, and it's just like, what? Well, that's just <laughs> what normal people do on the weekends. I know. And then, yeah. like when I talked about side in the side quest episode, when you're going along to that cabin, and there's that old dude who asks you to get flowers for his wife, and you're just like, she's dead, bro. But. But no, but it's like you can really get behind Marston as a character, and even though you, you know that he's had this really like rough past that mm-hmm. he's that he's and he's done bad things, you legitimately get behind and can believe that he is trying to make 
himself a better person mm-hmm. and to turn his life around. And that's why I think for me, he stuck out as a memorable character. Well, what's interesting about that pick and which just, I kind of just thought about, I don't have any picks or even really thought of anybody that I played as all my characters that oh, I really liked were other people I ran into. I so, never thought I, no character kind of popped up that I was very nice because I don't know. I think that's difficult or it's not difficult, but I think you like the relationship between you and the character you're playing is very different, obviously from the characters that you run into. Well, because sometimes Some depending mean, on the story, depending on the game and neither for me, my other two are not mm-hmm. like, they're not that yeah, they're not people I played yeah. as either because I think there's a, like, I think there to some extent it's like you, you can't really be like, Oh, I loved my character, the, the main character from say like dragon age because mm-hmm. really that character is you. Right, yeah. yeah. And RPGs same with, for same sure. With Fallout. Like yeah, you for sure. choose. Yeah, and even it's when it's be. a defined character like Link, for example, mm-hmm. he's a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. Right. He really doesn't have there. any more personality than what you allot him to have. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, he has like cute little adorable actions and stuff, and you're like, oh my god, I love you so much <laughs> because I do. And you but like he, his character design. Yeah, and I like his character yeah. design. But he's definitely. I didn't even think of, think to add him to my list because right. I was thinking no, because he's just the silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. in that sense, when you say that, like, oh, he's a very fleshed out your character, Marst. He's very fleshed out character. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, gosh, a lot of the protagonists of virtually all of the games I've played are really not like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure that's intentional. I, mean, I know game development, that's the way games are supposed yeah. to, we're supposed to interact with them. And, and it functions very well. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at no. all. No, 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 no. I that, like it yeah. a lot. And it's with a specific type. Like, I mean, you know, people could probably look at this list and say like, oh, my favorite is Geralt of Rivia from, you know, The Witcher because he's not a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's it also is completely on how the, the game is set. This game is developed because, like, say the early entries, for example, of like Dragon Age or like Link, you know, Zelda games and stuff like that. Yeah, they're silent protagonists, but then there are the ones like Red Dead Redemption, The Witcher, even Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. where you get a more cinematic look yes, at yes. your at your character. I and I think in those the... in those instances, you it is easier to be like, I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the or earliest girl. incarnation of Link was mere pixels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. more to him than that. Walking around. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's, so a good that's, one. Why, that's yes, why I picked I like, Marston. I haven't heard about Red Dead Redemption in a while. It's yeah. been a while since you, you talked oh, about it. Fun fact that got me super excited <laughs> and I have to share. We could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. It is strongly rumored that Rockstar will announce Red Dead Redemption 2 at E3 this year. <gasps> really? Ooh. People love Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, uh, also, also T-O-O. Now, uh... What did, didn't some expansion pack come out for Red Dead Redemption? Yes, Undead Nightmare. Okay, basically it but made it like a zombies version of the game. That was say, it. There's it never like been like which a, I like haven't played, sequel. but like it got really good reviews. For really, it. like it, it did really well. Okay, and I'm wrong in thinking there's a Redemption Revolver. There is. Oh, Red Dead Revolver. Is now what the, is that? Is that not a sequel? It's not directly tied, but it came in first. So technically, Red Dead Redemption, if you wanted to call it a sequel, would be the second ga- would be the second game in the Red Dead series. Well, what came but out But they're not... Ne- I don't think they're... Ne- Red Dead Revolver. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. But I don't think they're necessarily linked oh, in any way. Okay. It's I just, just like another Red Western... And yeah, and I want to say it might be a PlayStation 1... Really? really? Game or a PS2 game? Really? It's it's oh, it's well, older. So you can't be PlayStation One. Let's give it a Google. Oh, Everyone's on. getting their phones. Out. But uh, but yeah, it's so like no, there's like the modern day sword fight. <laughs> Wait, well, I'm that, I was totally wrong about Deuteragonist. Okay. I, I was saying it right, but it is not the correct. That is what is a Deuteragonist? The Deuteragonist is like a. I really hope now it has like, like some a like secondary really protagonist. Yeah. Oh, okay. You may not even play as them, but they're or if you're reading a book or watching a movie, they're just not the main character. They're like the sidekick. More. Okay. Okay. 
deuteragonist. That's cool. That, is that was not the word I was trying to think of for whatever I was <laughs> like, trying to think of. Like, why can't we just say psychic then? Yeah. It's different. Like, why do we have to have a big word like deuteragonist? Deuteragonist is more fun. We have English classes that we <laughs> that need to develop. you've learned something today. Yeah. Don't you feel better about yourself now? Yeah. I do feel better about myself. Trying to myself. make you guys smarter than myself, too, <laughs> for not even being able to place the right word. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go? Well, next? I'll go, but I wonder if Mogan spilled the beans a little bit before we started this episode. And she Thought mentioned it was she has a character thing. <laughs> from Portal 2, which I have a character from Portal well, 2 as well. Well, we could talk well. about ours in, in, in conjunction. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah. Your Let's list wasn't it. in order, so it's fine no, if we talk about it right now. No, my list is not in order. Okay. So Portal- mine aren't necessarily in any order, too. Yeah, no, mine aren't. Again, these are memorable characters, yeah, not necessarily. How favorites. do you rank personalities? It's it just tough. seems like a little It's like harsh. ranking your friends. I mean, my <laughs> I mean, personality I have a is list. <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. So, Portal 2. I think I, I talked in depth about Portal 1 um, like four or five episodes back. I forget what the uh, topic Basically was. Basically two years uh, what, ago. Well, we talked, about the, we talked about the gun. The, Maybe it was favorite yeah, weapons. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, I talked in about the favorite the weapons episode. Capture science. And I, had the, I actually had the acronym. I forget it now. But anyways, Portal 2 what came out. And it was... Obviously, building upon such a really great, like, not cult game. I think it, it achieved. I would say cult game. I don't know. I think it achieved more of a status. I mean, it was a cult game. I for think a it while. was a commercial success. I think after, Portal after, after 2, after a point. I would say, probably was. Portal 1, I feel like, it's, still really isn't. Cult- I could be totally wrong, but I meet many people. It certainly still. started out as a cult game. Yeah. You know, and Portal 1, obviously, was such a unique game, and I go, we go into more depth about it in other episodes, but Portal 2 expanded on so many different ideas and just really de- made the. What you could do a lot bigger, develop more characters, yeah. and one of them who is famously funny is Cave Johnson. Right. Do you remember Cave Johnson? A little bit, but it's been a while. And okay. remember, I barely got that far into Portal right. You 2. haven't beat yeah, it. Yeah, so I, I still haven't beaten right. it. So it's okay if there's spoilers. I've mostly like gotten the gist of mm-hmm. it from you know screenshots, sure. various videos, stuff like so that. So the question so. I was going to ask you because I forget, but I'm sure that I'm, I think I'm pretty sure I write, but I I forget exactly his. Title? He's the Aperture Science uh, CEO. See, whenever I always saw him, I was just like, scientist guy. Right. Number two or three. All you do, in the way they. So, what's interesting about Cave Johnson and Portal in general, all the characters, except for the one you're going to talk about, (laughs) you. And a little bit of GLaDOS, you don't really see. You just hear. Right. Portal is very heavy on sound. It is, definitely. And it uses voiceover as a way to progress the story and to fantastic effect very well done and i can't praise them enough for how well they create a story through just voiceover i mean even for gladys who's meant to have this very robotic voice there's still so much sass how do you even get that much sass into a voice yes just like dang gladys i know (laughs) and that's what's so interesting about it and cave johnson is you know i'm not going to remember exactly when he first starts coming over the intercom but he it's pretty later on. It's it like must past be the first half. It must be. And he these are old recordings, I believe. Yeah. I believe he's already passed away. And I don't want to get into like too much spoiler territory, even though the game's been out for a while. I, feel like I know, most it's not like it's new. It. Yeah, but there is kind of a connection between GLaDOS and a real person. Like how, oh, no, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah, see yeah, paintings yeah. of Cave Johnson with right. the woman. And so you do get to see his face. You get yeah. some sort of visual recognition there. But... He is this sort of southern, like, uh, gentleman, CEO. Uh, You're cut, right, he is cut, the CEO. He is the CEO oh, of Aperture okay. Science. He loves science, and he's kind of a, he comes off as a cutthroat businessman, so to speak. But he's very funny, and he's very passionate about the work being done at Aperture Science. He believes that 
science is everything, and what Aperture is doing is like moving things forward in the correct direction, but it's all enveloped in such a dry sense of humor. And he comes through over these old voice recordings that somehow get triggered throughout the game and somehow are connected to the, the intercom system of the space that you're moving through. And he, it, like the original Porter with GLaDOS, they really had a high benchmark to hit to introducing new characters into the portal series around someone like GLaDOS or yeah. developing more and more characters is difficult because I think GLaDOS was such a high bar to hit. It really is. You know, like literally a very high bar. And it's just like, how are they going to top this, mm-hmm. especially with a sequel? But as far as sequels go, I feel like portal two is among the best. Among yes, one of the absolutely. best. Sequels so well done. To, to an original game that absolutely. I can possibly think. Of. I totally agree. And, Characters like that, and now you can you should say your character. Yeah, I was going to say, so what made Portal 2 for me, it was all about Wheatley. Mm-hmm. So Wheatley, Jarrett, in case you didn't know, he's, <laughs> like, what? he's not paying attention, so <laughs> no, I'll just I'm doing, get doing his research. attention. Doing a bit of research. <laughs> portal, portal research. <laughs> Which, fun, little... fun fact, sorry, I just want to drop it in about yours. I didn't mm-hmm. know this, that J.K. Simmons does keep... I was going to mention that. The now oh, Academy sorry. Award... No, it's okay. I have actually kind of forgot, but I was going to remember to mention that before I came here. Yeah, the now Academy Award winning actor, J.K. Simmons, did the voice really? for Cave Johnson. Really? That's so who, funny. And he has such a I great love voice. his voice. Oh, it's a great J.K. voice. J.K. Simmons has a great voice. And it's very funny. And if you don't know, most people probably know him as the Spider-Man uh, owner uh, of the J. Bugle. J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, of the Daily Bugle. What's it called? Yes. The newspaper. Oh, yeah. did yeah. he really? And he has the mustache, and he's oh, always giving in the, in the live funny. action Spider-Man movies. Yeah, in no, the live no, no, action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yep. so he's very he's funny and like... Angry kind spokesman of. for Farmers Insurance right now yes. too, and they're so he's a great, right. great That's character hilarious. in and outside of video games. What an movies. interesting thing to have on his resume. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, and so that's really cool that they were able to get him to do this. That and speaks well, volumes to the game that they made. Yeah, and so while we're talking about it, one of the most iconic things about Wheatley isn't really his design. He's just like this little robotic orb. He has one eye. Mm-hmm. It does actually have lids, so he can kind he of like make an sort of expressions like mm-hmm. he can narrow his eyes well, yeah, his right. eye and stuff like that but he is voiced by Stephen Merchant mm-hmm. so Steve Merchant no yeah yeah no shit because you guys told me about it <laughs> no, here I, I was trying to, act, yeah, trying to act like I yeah. knew about it before I just couldn't remember couldn't the name pinpoint. I honestly so, did not know about it before so right. this okay. is well, this anyways. is a uh, surprise for me so yes. he's a comedian and Very a lot funny. of people might know him I knew him in name from um, a podcast that he does or did with Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's still ongoing, but that's how I knew him initially. And then I didn't really place him in the game until I looked it up because I was like, the voice of Wheatley is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he's, he's a funny so guy. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to know who is this guy. And it's Stephen Merchant, in case you were wondering. I would say Wheatley, pro- I don't know any of his other work. Probably the crowning glory of his entire career. <laughs> well, it's probably it's a great it's life. a great character. That I don't know. Like. He did he that is a great character, but he did also help Ricky Gervais create The Office. So yeah, he's oh, super okay. he's super talented. He he's has super. his own TV show on HBO for a little bit. Hello, ladies. Like, yeah, that was pretty funny. I thought it was funny too. And he got canceled. That's I know. another story. <laughs> <laughs> this is another time. Bonus but we though. remind me because I'm actually we like I don't remember any lines. So from Wheatley, Wheatley. Oh, like what? I mean, I just remember his personality so as being kind of like funny. a bumbling sort of yeah, awkward. Now is he a robot or just? Because I have not played Portal yet, Vert- okay. and, and basically yeah. he swings on a gliding system that yeah, goes throughout like the whole. Oh, uh, so he is—is is he basically? Sorry, this is pure ignorance. <clears throat> but like, is he—is he the? Oh God, I can't get words out of my mouth. Is he the Portal Two version of Gladys? 
or is that Cave Johnson? See, we're getting to that. Okay, we're gonna get the whiteboard in. We're gonna let us bring in the timeline. So I was I love Wheatley to death, and this is a big spoiler. So if you haven't played Portal 2 and just you're thinking about it, just down. skip ahead. La, 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 la. We'll let you know. No, just kidding. So in the in the first half of the game, it pretty much is half and half. In the first half of the game, Wheatley is your guide. He okay. is your friend, mm-hmm. he is your buddy to great extent, and you're just like Wheatley loves you so much. So he is actually in charge as his robotic job, more or less, is to take care of all of the subjects who are in cryogenic sleep. Mm-hmm. So you, as the main character, her name is actually Chell, but she's a silent mm-hmm. protagonist, so that's why she's not on my list. But she's awesome. But she wakes up from cryo sleep, and Wheatley is the first person thing that she meets once she's awake. Mm-hmm. And Wheatley is just like, oh, hello there. And he's got right. this adorable. British so accent. I couldn't place it. I wanted to get it more specific than British. He has a West England country hey. accent is what they called wow. it. And I was like, God, never would have known that for the life of me. But that's <laughs> apparently what it is. And it's so endearing. And again, the dry humor is just on mm-hmm. point. It's unbeatable. Everything he says is solid gold. Yeah. And he's like trying to help you guide you with the controls and stuff. And he's like, oh, well, can you talk? Press X to talk. Mm-hmm. And so you're pressing X and all you're doing is jumping. And he's like, oh, gosh, you've probably got some, some brain damage from the cryosleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great little meta thing that they do. I do he's remember that. He's trying to be so nice about it. He's yeah. like, okay, it's all right. We'll get out of here. And so he's essentially trying to help you and him breakout of Aperture Science. Mm -hmm. So this is immediately after, I'm using air quotes because this is actually what, hundreds of years later? You've been in cryosleep for a long time, right? So Chell has been in cryosleep for God knows how long. She wakes up, Aperture Science is falling apart Mm -hmm. at the scene because you destroyed Gladys Mm -hmm. and it's just falling apart and Wheatley's like, okay, we're going to get out of here. And you're like, oh, thank God. Thank God I have Wheatley (laughs) with me. And he's he's really kind of bumbling like Zach said. He's not super, he's not super, he's not like Gladys smart and you're like, oh man, (laughs) I'm not sure that he's really going to be able to get us out of here. It's going to be up to me, I guess. But later, about half way through the game you think you have gladys beat you re-encounter gladys she reanimates oh, she that's comes so funny she's she like oh com- isn't she like oh she's it, like it, you it, thought i was gone and yeah she's like, oh, it's God, a great no. gaming moment where she like comes <laughs> yeah, she back just to comes life. back and at one point you even kind of walk into the room where she used to be and it is it's all overgrown plants yeah. it's mud and, and water it's like- and you see her pieces on the ground mm-hmm. and you're like yes i did that i mm-hmm. defeated her me and wheatley my man <laughs> my main man we're gonna get out of here and Wheatley's like, yeah, we're going to do it. He's very positive. Mm-hmm. He's a very positive character. <laughs> so you think you have Gladys beat. You think you and Wheatley are going to escape. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Gladys comes roaring back, and she's like, ah, yes, now we can run more tests. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and it's, that's such, And that's so like an innocent statement, what you just said, but in the context, in the of, the context game, of the game, it's a very frightening like, oh, idea. God. Not more tests. more tests. But when she comes back, Wheatley is kind of like trying to stay under her radar, because like Gladys doesn't really know that Wheatley has more or less gone rogue. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to help you escape, so he's like trying to dodge her. He's like, "Oh God, she's coming!" Okay, I gotta go, but good luck. I hope I don't find your dead body later. <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. And he like zooms off, and you're like, "No, Wheatley, don't leave me." <laughs> and then eventually, about halfway through the game, you're fighting Gladys again. You more or less defeat her by inserting Wheatley 
into the the mechanism that mm-hmm. is Gladys. So you use Wheatley as this little core mm-hmm. to basically override Gladys's system and put him in place of Gladys. And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it. This is awesome." Does and he then, get, like, power Im- hungry. Yes, does that happen immediately? No. Immediately when he plugs into the system, and he's like, "Oh, this is nice." In mere <laughs> seconds, he's like, "Oh God, the power." Yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah. Like, I do and you're that. like, "No." <laughs> and I would like my heart was sinking into my shoes. Mm-hmm. I was like. <laughs> like I wanted to cry so bad, but I was trying to hold it together just in case that wasn't what was going to happen. But it totally was. Man, so I... he turns into the primary antagonist of the game. He is still your beloved Wheatley. He is still just as hilarious. His voice is exactly but the same. The but enemy. now he wants to kill you and run tests. And now is that like, oh, now God. remind oh. me because it's been a while since I played Portal Two. Is that when do you team up with Glados yes. as a potato? So yes, <laughs> so actually that's exactly right. So. <laughs> So when you um when Wheatley takes over Gladys, I think somehow like a part like a, a core piece of her, I think it's like her hard drive or yeah. something, gets inserted into a potato. It has a little like uh, uh wiring yeah. system. Yeah, it has it like t- and there's like crows eating it or yeah, something. It's not it's, some it, funny it's, thing it's, it's brought Gladys low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now she is basically your companion. She takes the place of Wheatley, the roles are completely reversed. And all of a sudden you have to deal with Gladys, who's always calling you fat. It's just like <laughs> God right. damn it, Gladys. <laughs> and Wheatley is the one who's trying to get you, and I was just like, mm-hmm. God no. Wait till you, and I know you haven't beaten it yet. Yeah, I still haven't Wait beaten it. Wait till you it. get to the end and you're able to interact with the other oh sorry about that (laughs) wow it's like we're in church right now and that just happened turn off your damn cell phones that is really awkward but (sighs) you basically meet comparable robots to wheatley that you have to use for to defeat uh i guess wheatley at the end yeah it's very funny you meet like five other great characters very briefly yeah it's funny that i said there's going to be spoilers and i'm like no spoilers yeah we're going through the whole thing but, yeah, but the, I know how the game ends now. Real so. quick. Oh, you looked it up already? No. Oh, you no, because no. We just you guys are like them. basically telling <laughs> oh, the whole no, no, thing. No, this is just this is halfway. This there is, is halfway a really through. wonderful point. <laughs> we can't exactly. share the whole thing. This is characters, remember right. everyone. Yes, I know. It's gotten way <laughs> off rails. We uh, There's a really wonderful way the game ends that uh, I won't spoil, but it's a really cool way yeah. to get through it. I'll but, get to it. But in the meantime, Wheatley. Wheatley is a really right, funny he's, character. He's among the characters you've I've ever and, encountered and in games. that you are talking about Wheatley, and I was talking about Cave Johnson. Like Those are two very... Wheatley is a dominant character, and so is Cave Johnson. Those are both huge characters in the game, and both are so well done. And, and you really encounter them not that often. No. Because Wheatley, like I said, he has to constantly zoom away, mm-hmm. basically to A, escape Gladys, and then later you only encounter him when he's mm-hmm. trying to kill you, more or less. And Cave Johnson's so, all voiceover. Yeah, it's all so over you the never system. actually really, aside from a few, and really they're just seconds long, maybe a minute, aside from the very occasional interaction, they're in and out. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Chell talks back to them. Right. She's a silent protagonist. Listening. So you're just listening. So even though they have comparatively so little time in the game, they make such a big impact. Mm-hmm. Like Wheatley is Portal 2 for me. That's like even mm-hmm. more than Gladys. Really? Yeah. Oh, definitely. See, Cave, that's so funny. Cave Johnson's Portal 2 for me. That's Ugh. who I like. I was so interested in every time he came on to the intercom and 
one of the things that's great about him is he gives you this insight into the past, and now he's that, a great that is way very to interesting. yeah, like as like a prologue to like what because has really happened. aside from Gladys's snide comments about how she's killed everyone with mm-hmm. nerve gas, you really don't know much. And he puts a about, nice human element on it too, yeah. especially. And I mean that not as a pun, but like <laughs> actually <laughs> like seeing what Gladys who she was yeah. as a person before all this happened, and. One of his best quotes, who I'm, what I'm sure you guys might have heard before. I feel like it's a common like video game thing that people have heard. But he taught, he's like, he he's over the intercom and he's talking about sniffing moon rocks because he was trying to do some experiment. Like he's very interested in experimenting with himself and other people. So he's like, I was sniffing moon, and his voice is so like dry. It's J.K. Simmons, you know. Yeah. I was sniffing moon rocks and uh, that didn't cure, but instead it gave me like a brain hemorrhage or something like that. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, uh, but he's like, hey, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And then you keep going through and he comes back on and every, I'm going to butcher this quote. I'm not going to know it exactly, but he's like, you know, I've done a lot of thinking and uh, when life does give you lemons, screw it. Take the le- demand to see life CEO. Give the lemons back. Get mad. <laughs> I don't want your damn lemons. And he said such a great quote. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invent a combustible lemon and burn your house down. I'm going to burn your house down with the lemons that you gave me. <laughs> And so while we're thinking about it, I really don't want us to gloss over Gladys. So Gladys is voiced by Ellen McLean. Mm. I don't know anything else that she may have voiced ever. Just wanted to put it out there. That's good Gladys, that we mentioned Ellen that. McLean. Okay. Nice. But yeah, I had to throw that quote in there because that's probably his most famous quote from at least from Dave Johnson's <laughs> But the Lemons. He's yeah. like, get mad. That's pretty so, good. It's such a great that's quote. That's what I want a t-shirt of. Yeah. I guarantee you that's probably I'm sure somewhere. something like that exists. It's all over the internet. So another character of mine that I was thinking that I was thinking that really hits on my list um, is uh, Varric from uh, the Dragon Age series. Mm. He makes his appearance in Dragon Age Two, and he's one of your party members. He's a dwarf, and by trade, he is a merchant slash explorer. And in Dragon Age Two, you meet him because he is uh, he seeks your help in trying to. Well, actually, he's he is. Um, in the intro cinem- introduction cinematics and throughout the cinematics, he is being uh, interrogated by an inquisitor and you're, and you know, he's kind of like telling the story of your character to her. Cause apparently something big went down. You don't know what, and you're just kind of, and they're trying to figure it out. And so he's relaying the story back to the, back to the inquisitor. And so, um, but what makes very memorable is he's very, he's a very, uh, he's got He's got a very like what he wisecracks a lot. He's very like carefree, but you know, but you're also like you don't want to cross this dude. Is he someone that you are friends with? Yeah, he's on your side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he can join your party. Yeah, he joins your party, and then and then, but how he does it is he. Uh, I've talked a little bit about Varric before, mm-hmm. but um, but he joins you in Dragon Age Two. You meet him because he and his brother Bartrand are looking for investors into their expedition to the Deep Roads, which is where all the evil, like the Darkspawn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. live and all that stuff. Because it's these old dwarven roads and cities, all from underground, that are now you know overrun by the Darkspawn. But apparently, there's still loads of riches and treasures down there to oh, to gain access to. I know, that's classic. The beginning classic of every great adventure nothing. story, and he's just this very much. I mean, his character class in the Dragon Age series is a rogue, and he is very much the embodiment of a rogue. He's like that that uh, Indiana Jones esque type character, you know, cracking 
cracking jokes, but cracking love, skulls at the those, same yeah. time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those Crack, are the best. The you descriptive know? terms you're saying did not match at all the image that came up in Google Images when I Googled it. I know, because he's like, like this, this is not at all this, what I was this expecting. This dwarf, he's got like really nice clothes, but he's also got like this really deep I was deep thinking v, like an so Indiana seeing, Jones like, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. No, he's like, this suave, he's like this really suave character. You can mm. tell he's, you know, he's well, he's well versed with the ladies. If I, well versed with his, PC. Well, well versed with his trusty crossbow, Bianca, which I have spoken oh, of. Oh, yeah, you told us he about that. He named his crossbow Bianca? Yeah. That's pretty but cool. She, but Bianca is <laughs> like a badass that. weapon. And in one part in Dragon Age 2, I mean, well, in any part, you really could, you know, how you can, like, take control of your party members mm-hmm. for, at certain points. You don't get to play as them, but you can be them for, like, in battles and stuff like that. And so I, I want, there's this one mission in Dragon, in, uh, Dragon Age 2 where you get to be Varric. And you get to use Bianca, which is the first time I'd ever like really used it and played with him. It was like, oh my god, this weapon is amazing. Is it powerful? It's very powerful. He, you know, he can get like these explosive like knockback bolts and like, explosive bolts, and just the the design of Bianca is very is very cool. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a a cylindered uh, crossbow, so like he can shoot like four bolts at a time, and it like spins. Oh wow! You know, it yeah. shoots one, the other one, sp- and then uh-huh. it spins to shoot the next That's one and cool. all that stuff. So. Combined with that weapon, and then it's just yeah, he's just like I don't know, he's just a, a really a cool just dude. strong you, you rogue character, yeah, yeah, and like all his jokes and and then uh, just how he you know he can also be very serious because eventually like you deal with in Dragon Age two, you know his brother um, Bartrand gets infected with gets infected and kind of goes crazy and and tries to kill the everybody on the Deep Roads expedition. And but then you know you have to like help very deal with do I kill my brother? Do I just like kill him be like, <laughs> suck, like that's you know easy. lock him up and be like ah, no don't you know shame on you kind of thing but then shame on you. but then he also and so then he you know you throughout the deal you know he's eventually as most party members are wary of who you are and what your what your goals are but then you depending on what choices you make throughout the game and all that he becomes a very close ally of yours and you know and as you can tell from the end he's defending you to this to this inquisitor who's trying to figure out, you know, should your main character be punished for his actions kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then Definitely. when you get to Dragon Age Inquisition, he shows up as another main party member, which at first I didn't know he was going to be in. So that's pretty exciting to see him. So, so yeah, he yeah. was really fun in Dragon Age 2. And I think, I, don't, I can't remember if I, if I literally didn't know he was going to be in it until I played it, but I'm pretty sure I knew beforehand he was going to be in it. Uh, from like concept art or a trailer, something like that. But whatever it was that I first saw, I was like, "All right, Varric's back. That's now, awesome. That's cool." That's I don't know exciting. terribly much about Dragon Age mm-hmm. aside from you should bit, bits and bobs <laughs> I've seen on the internet, but I do know about the romancing system. Can yes. you romance Varric? No, I do not I'm think out. he is. I do not think he is <laughs> a. He's not romanceable. You can't marry him. I'm pretty sure you can't. Oh, no, is it because mm. he's married to Bianca? Yes, <laughs> that's see, I like that. She's she is the only love for him. That's I'm, lame. I'm pretty sure he's you can't. I know. Well, I'm surprised you didn't. Did, did let me a uh, little side question. I mean, for one, I never tried. <laughs> I did. I, I did. Say, never maybe so maybe you're just playing the game wrong. I mean, in in my playthrough of Dragon Age Two, I did romance Anders, a, a male mage. But I like, key, he, I try to romance in games where you can romance people. I'm trying to romance everyone, every mm. single character. I succeeded in two romances in that I like game. To keep I, my I romanced open. Yes, a, re- a reflection of <laughs> true life. <laughs> I romance Anders, Anders the the mage and uh, Isabel the the 
Rogue Pirate. Did Bianca come up at all when you were not – I know you didn't talk about it, but did you think about it when we did Favorite Weapons? I did. You I think did? we might have – yeah, I think we just briefly talked about it. I can't remember which episode it was like that's that we talked where about it. I heard it. you talk about it. I might okay, have because as, as purely as just like a weapon out there in the world, like granted you can't use it really mm-hmm. unless you can like reassign it to yourself. But oh, I mean you that have seems kind of – yeah. No, you because I always like Varric to have it. It's like I can't it's take his weapon. I can't yeah. take his weapon from him. It's always so awesome, especially in RPGs where a new character joins your party and you haven't been able to interact with them before and then you get into battle and they are awesome. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, yes, finally. Oh, I mean, like, he's absolutely... I always have him in my party. He's always my go-to rogue. It's super fun. I never try to, you know... I never try to switch him out or have him replace somebody else. I'll switch out my mage. I'll switch out my uh, additional warrior slot or something like that. My other... My other... My fourth... Mere trifles. I always, always keep Varric because he's such a badass dude. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trustworthy, loyal, and now kicking. see, yeah, I know, and I don't know much about Dragon Age either. So hearing this stuff does make me want to at least experience the moments you have with them. That's him and Oh, that's so interesting. I've heard the <laughs> yeah. most about. Wow, he almost. I thought like for a second, I thought it was like uh, some celebrity right? came to, to my the mind. The image when I you saw were that. thinking yeah, of was probably like was Seth not that. Rogan or something. And that's that's Bianca. <laughs> that's Bianca. Oh, that's really badass. See. Isn't it very cool? Oh my god! And like Inquisition, it. I, love, I love you know Inquisition. You can have you can have it has like a crafting system and upgrade system for weapons, and so you can like upgrade mm-hmm. Bianca for for Vark, and it's, it's badass. Oh, it's so cool! That's so, so cool. badass. So good cool. banana, That's good, a good character. One. Nice. Um, back to Zach, me. What's your Should we go? Whoever, okay. whoever wants <laughs> to go next. <laughs> go. We're just kind of keeping this flow and discussion. Yeah, we're just kind of discussing. I get it. Discussing these characters. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so picture this, if you will. Oh gosh, you. Boot up Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay. Now I'm sure you guys can't because you haven't played it. Okay. But I'll give you a little details. Oh, um, I think I might know who you're going to talk about. I feel like I know who you're going to talk. about. I feel about. like most we might have mentioned will it know who before, I'm talking about. but we'll we'll uh, okay. They're continue, a great continue. character. Um. Anyways, you boot up Metal Gear Solid Five. You're in a hospital bed and you're going through a tutorial esque. Well, not even really. You do some customization, but you're learning about why you're in the hospital bed. It's a pretty long sequence filled with cutscenes and very brief moments of real uh, controller interaction to move your head and whatnot. And eventually, a as you're in bed, the doctor is talking to you and a nurse is behind him. And I don't think this is like spoiler territory. This is the beginning of the game. And <laughs> if you didn't get this fine. far, that's your problem. Right. And <laughs> God, I can't get past the first five minutes. The tutorial is really <laughs> so killing me. So hard. And you're watching because you're just coming out of a coma you're so weak but you so you can't say anything as a agent come this masked agent comes now in. this is first person perspective first person right? perspective gotcha. so you can move your head you can see the doctor talking to you see a nurse behind him agent or a bad guy essentially comes in strangles the nurse then <gasps> kills the doctor what and you fall out They're of bed life i know i know you're already you're super injured though there's you are yes but there's initially you're like what's you know i don't like these people <laughs> naturally <laughs> just kill my doctor and nurse. i don't think they're not gonna kill me <laughs> i'm not gonna get the health care i feel I, like i, I might need. i'm not next. confident that they're here to help me <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm a little confused but essentially then you fall on the floor and a woman comes in and she has this cool suit on she looks like a complete badass and she is about to shoot you, I believe. I think she points a gun at you, but another patient comes in and kind of rescues you by throwing a knife at her. 
but she like catched it, throws it back at him, hits him in the leg, he goes down, and then she's coming back at you, but he comes back to the patient that helped you and throws some sort of flammable material on her <laughs> and essentially catches her on fire, and she falls out a window. And you go, wow, that was crazy. And you <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do, waking out of a coma. You're like, what's happening? It's just you, a day in the life of Snake. <laughs> exactly. And you do the mission, and you sort of forget about that incident. You, so many other things happen for a long time. You establish connections with your long-lost friends, and you establish mother base, and you go out and do different missions until eventually you get to one part in Afghanistan where... At the end of this one mission, you have a one-on-one battle with a sniper. And you get a little brief synopsis of who she is. So her name's Quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's who I will be talking about. I as did. My, I, guessed that's what right. I, guess. I guessed it right. Yes. Uh, so I've, I've talked about her before? Yeah. yeah. I have? Well, you've talked about her, I don't know if necessarily ever on a podcast. You've talked you talked with about her guys. a lot when we were, yeah. I mean, you've talked about it with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, or her, uh, with us. Mm-hmm. You... Um, well, we can touch back on it later, but you really talked about her a lot during the when we watched the Game Awards. I was about to say it was the bonus. Oh, wasn't yeah, maybe yeah. So. we talked about the yeah, Game Awards because her... they had the, the her voice actress did oh, a yeah. performance. Stephanie of, Stephanie Justin, I yeah. Justin. I yeah. don't know if I'm saying that she right. She did a she performed Quiet Song from the soundtrack. Uh huh. I'll try to be as, theme. as less weird and creepy about <laughs> <laughs> all of this. <laughs> But she did. She did. I do remember performing Ste- that song. Stephanie Jusson, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, this is this for is you. This is call number two. I have a song I want to sing. <laughs> no, she, uh, but back to the fight. You get in a one-on-one sniper fight, which is really one of the only times I remember in a video game that was so such an interesting concept, like a one-on-one sniper fight. You're both really far away using cover and just sniping each other. In theory, it could be one bullet, and that's all there is to yes, it. Yes, if the game was realistic, yeah, it could be totally <laughs> like that. But she, as she's moving about, you're realizing that she moves at an insanely quick speed. She almost teleports to places. You can tell that she is not a normal person. Like, she's not just a your, your regular character. She's not a regular right. person. But you do take her down, and you do eventually get her back to mother base and her character is interesting because essentially now I'm not as um I'm not as knowledgeable on the lore of Metal Gear and it is a super in-depth and super convoluted I mean convoluted. good god there's so much lore to be had Yeah, yeah. it is it is a wild like <laughs> playground that they've made and I don't know it that well but to my best guess from playing Metal Gear Solid 5 I know this is the first time I believe you see her she's part of the skull units at the beginning of the game so she is infected with a parasite that um, I guess what's his name? Skull. It might be his name. I'm guessing, but he's really well, one of the main antagonists in Metal about, Gear. But yeah, I don't know remember his name. And so she has this infection in her, this parasite that allows her to do these crazy, otherworldly like maneuvers where she can like teleport. She can turn. She can like jump really high. You know, she's like a superhuman. So is know? that why she always like in some pictures I've seen? That she has like the like the almost like the shadowy things like around her, oh, her eyes, eyes exactly. and stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. So at some points in the game, if you upset her, not you know during cutscenes, she gets upset, and those will just appear out of nowhere, and then you know some shit's gonna go down. Yeah, She's nice. gonna like kick some ass, and she certainly can kick some ass. So that's another part that I really like about her. That a she's a female character, and I always it's really nice to see this sort of female empowerment in video games, movies, whatever. And Although there she, was a lot of. Outcry about her. There her was. Outfit. That was another thing I was going to touch on as well. Her, but but first yeah, of just, all, she, I'm just stealing all your thunder. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no <laughs> I apologize. I, no, I like it. I, I want to make sure I hit on all this stuff. Yeah, because, it needs to be brought up. Because uh, honestly, that is, 
I suppose an issue, but she is so powerful and so amazing in my eyes that I like, I think it's like, I don't want to, I got to choose my words carefully here, but she, first and foremost, she's a badass and she kicks ass. And right. I love that about her. And she's a sniper. Like snipers are the coolest characters, I right. feel like, in games and movies and stuff. They're just, there's something very sage-like about them. They're like a modern day sort of, um, I don't know, monk almost. They're, they have this patience that other people don't seem to have. Yes. So right. we kind of jumped around real quick there. We so jumped around a lot. after <laughs> you get her back to you base get her back, from fighting okay. her, she becomes your partner? So what happens essentially is you take her down and you have an option to kill her or take her back. You oh, do. Wow. And you can do both. You could kill Ow. her. And, or you can take her back to Mother Base. And you're getting two different uh, options from people at Mother Base. One of your comrades is like, kill her. The other guy is like, come on, take her back to Mother Base. And so it's really... That's not that difficult, but they try to make it difficult. But you take her back, so you essentially, while you defeated her, you want to almost interrogate her and take her back. You you don't really become friends with her immediately. A relationship does sort of spawn later in the game, but your first intentions is is to lock her up. We're going to interrogate her. But what's really interesting, and when the when that coin kind of flips, is when you're in the helicopter coming back to Mother Base, you have her handcuffed, and she totally gets out of the handcuffs immediately <laughs> like she she like her hands As you turned. i mean were they just ordinary handcuffs they were just ordinary were they handcoffs, going into this with noob she, handcuffs? because of her power she's able to she her hands turn black and she's able to slip out but they get attacked by a jet fighter and that jet fighter is absolutely going to take out the helicopter that she's in and as snake or it's big boss is and that's another thing i'm a, Slightly confused on that's gonna make me sound like an idiot towards Metal Gear Solid, but I'm, <laughs> but it's Big Boss and he's firing the turret at this uh, jet fighter that's coming at them and he falls down and it looks like all is lost. She teleports into the turret and essentially starts firing at the ship. So there's a moment where you're like, oh, she's actually gonna help us, and she has a really great snipe snipe shot on the pilot that's like otherworldly. So you can see again. She's able to do fantastic things. Right. She's a huge with her asset. Weapon. She's a possibly. humongous asset. But still, you do take her back to Mother Base. You do put her in a, a cage, really, downstairs. It has a shower because the way she interacts with water keeps her... I forget. There's, they explain it in the game, and it's, uh, and it's still abstract. But she basically uses water like oxygen. Oh. She's almost like this like, fish-like creature or something like Interesting. that. So, Interesting and, that you're in Afghanistan, in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah, I don't know how all... <laughs> I don't know what she's doing before you see her, and I don't... And all that. And, and even jumping back... God, there's so many... I feel like I'm jumping around a lot. There's so many things about quiet that's interesting and like but she's she is the woman that you see at the beginning of the game that goes out the window obviously now did the fire not give her a third degree burn well i see i don't know (laughs) i'm shower she looks very different than when you find her towards the beginning and when you find her the beginning she looks very normal then maybe i'm guessing skull picked her up and maybe give her the parasite and maybe somehow revived her but at what expense now she's like infected so she has these powers she, um, she's an unbelievable asset that you can use as your side partner. And with the way Metal Gear works, you can either use a dog, you can use a horse, you can use her, oh, you can use a mech horse. unit, you, and you can pick every time. Yeah. And so she becomes a side character, and as you use her more, or not use her, but as you work with her more and more, her assets go up and she becomes more powerful. So it's one of those great kind of video game techniques that works really well within the game. And... She's so much fun to go out into the field with because Metal Gear Solid is essentially an open world game, though it's very sort of a narrow open world game. It's like, controlled. It's very controlled. You can technically go anywhere, but to do a mission, you really go to one place, one base. And she always jumps onto a rock that's super far away, gets her laser pointed on people, and she starts humming her 
her uh, oh, tune. Oh, I've heard her song. You've right. probably heard her song. It's a very beautiful theme. It's very beautiful theme, and I think she sang it for the video game. I was about to say Stephanie. Should, <laughs> Stephanie Ju- Junston uh, sang it, and so she's always humming that song, and it's very like all, all you can, like. I've said this before about Metal Gear. It felt so iconic, so immediately, and that was really one of those iconic things. I was like, oh, I'll never forget like her being on this rock humming a song, and me telling her like, hey, I'm going to go in, like get ready to snipe these people. You know, yeah. it was really it's a really fun interaction that you have with her. But back to, I suppose it's I guess it's you should touch on like yes, yeah, she is like in like a bathing suit essentially. And she's, it's very, like, exploitative, and it's not in great taste. Like, I totally uh, agree. No, I would say it's in the worst taste. I would yeah. totally it's agree. It's in very poor taste. Yes, it's very provocative. It's it's really skimpy. And like I said earlier, I still, like, respect her. Like, I think what I, – I don't know how much, like – You don't like her because of that. You like no, her like, that, that. Yeah, yeah. that never was an issue – like a really bad issue for me. Like I thought she was just such a badass, but yeah, it is a little too much. They could have taken it back just a little bit. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. From a tactical, it doesn't really make sense. Even though, but it the does, game tries to explain it, don't they? They do. So that she doesn't have clothes on to get water into her system, and so yeah. So hey, you can somehow okay. you like know, that say almost that. makes me more mad. Like if she's because going th- to wear such a very sparse outfit, mm-hmm. at least have it be because she wanted to. Because she was like, yeah. I Not prefer to, like, to wear. Oh, justify I it. prefer to wear no armor, and I like to. I, mm-hmm. We are in the desert. I want to get a fierce tan. Mm-hmm. I thought this would be the most appropriate <laughs> a fierce, outfit. A fierce tan, <laughs> like making it more of a choice for the character. As right. Sure. Oh no, she has to wear this. She has, to wear she has yeah. this condition. I right. I see what like you're for saying. my perspective, point. it's like that's worse. Yeah. Maybe, just, perhaps just you're right. Own it. Just now, have them own it. Like guys, I would be curious to see you guys play it and see your thoughts on it because it's something. I don't know if this is even a good thing, but you almost get used to, and you're almost... It's just something that falls to the, the backside for me. I was just like, I just thought she was a great sniper. And she had, I, mean, you know, you I really do. did. What I mean, honestly did. No, that's, lots of people get desensitized. Maybe games. I'm decent. Yeah, yeah, I could be. I mean, I mean it's, it's, I've it's, played Soul Calibur, one of the most sexist game right, designs right. ever yeah. for all of the female characters, mm-hmm. and I still love it. I still right. love Soul Calibur. You, you think about their moves, and you think about like their personality, and she is quiet, <laughs> she, she is quiet, but she also does not, intentional? She does not speak. She never speaks throughout the until one major aspect of the game, which I don't even want to spoil because Please it is don't. a little bit later in the game, and it's such an amazing moment. <laughs> it's an amazing cutscene. It's one of my favorites. But um, she is a fascinating character because a relationship does kind of spawn between you and her, and it's kind of ambiguous, and you kind of never really fully understand who she is or what she's about. She's very mysterious. She's very, very mysterious. And the, the fact that she's a sniper really really adds to that. Nice. She, you never quite figure her out, even though you get glimpses into it later on. You're like, oh, she's actually like a person, and she actually is, you know. <laughs> Revolutionary. Right, right. But it, but the way the game does it, it, it works very well. It feels like they weren't like, oh, I don't, it's a female character. I don't want, you know, they use her as a integral part of the story, and like the sacrifice that ultimately comes out of her is really, really special. And I, um, it's funny, it's, like I said, you kind of realize that this game is very iconic like while you're first playing it. But I remember all my friends, and like I'm trying not to be like weird or creepy about it again, but all my <laughs> friends like over Xbox Live, we all played it together. We all played the single player together. Yeah. And they're like, will you just shut up about quiet? <laughs> I'm like, dude, she is so cool. I thought she was so cool. And like I did all, and like I would look up like, oh, who is the actress that like, because I know they did mocap and they all, they got these voice actors come in and that's how I found out about Stephanie Junson. Oh, I was like, okay. oh, she looks just like her. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And you can watch her play 
uh, live on YouTube. Oh, really? really cool. That's she's cool. a huge gamer. She has all this Metal Gear stuff. I know. And I was like, <laughs> wow, she's so cool. I'm like, all right, Zach, take it easy. I'm like, no, she's amazing. Like, this has made her career. Because I think she was a model living in Japan. And then oh. she got hired to do this. And she was like one of the best two years of her life. What or, a to, crazy nice. segue. I know. Her and like Kiefer Sutherland like worked together. And it was just amazing. She said it was I amazing. always forget he was in it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's big boss, which I have super mixed feelings about. I think I've explained yeah. that before. Yeah, we he's talked about hearing that a little his bit voice, in, the, in the Game Awards episode. Yeah. Hearing his voice really throws me off. It's yeah. very strange. Who voiced him in the past? I don't know. Was it the same guy for every game up until then? I don't remember. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't know that much about it. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, as, as I've said before, Metal Gear is really the first and one I I've mean, played all the way through. I mean, you could even play the whole game and still be confused about a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a confusing game. But yeah, Quiet is, and, and, and she's just very recent memory is a character that I'm, I was like, this is such a cool character. Yeah. Very well right done. On, right on. Yes. Oh, oh, and real quick, there's one you can... <laughs> you can just let wait, it go, wait, wait. Zach. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> there is a... Uh, I'll, and this doesn't have to do with, do with much, but essentially you can pick her. You can pick her outfit before you go into the battlefield, so you can put more clothes on her if you, <laughs> if you so choose. Okay. But one of the things you can do is We're trying to justify it. I know. Listen to me. <laughs> one of the things you can do is make her. Um, I forget the term for it, but she has blood on her, and it's supposed to like strike fear in the enemies is what it says well that would strike fear into me yeah yeah. and so the first time i did it i was like oh she'll have like blood war paint or she'll have like blood scattered throughout her i don't even think you see any skin it's like it's all blood it's drenched she is drenched in blood it is so ridiculous i would have picked that for every single level terrifying and i remember my friend did it first to go pick her do the blood one i was like oh okay and like we had a great laugh about it i was like that is so over the top and ridiculous. Oh, like Metal Gear. Like I was Metal about to say, Metal Gear is always really over well. the top. It's not but like yes. they're known for being under... Uh, so subtle. <laughs> Metal Gear, a subtle game series. <laughs> yeah, so that's Quiet, my number number two. Or, you know, one of them. One of my one characters. Of characters. Yes, I, nice. I got kind of ranked, actually. <laughs> so, Mogan, what is your next character? So, I almost wish that I had spoken right after you, Jarrett, because I feel like Varric and the character that I'm going to talk about have a very similar function in well, the sh- game. Well, you should have spoken up. So, should've I should have spoken up. Jumped in. My bad. I Said, was like, so distracted hold on, Zach. by my delicious Guinness. No I just couldn't. quiet <laughs> out of the mind, the spotlight. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's true. So, this is a more, much more recent game that I have um, been playing really just within the past week. So, as you both know, I've been playing a lot of Twilight Princess HD, mm-hmm. but then I was just on the Wii U store, which I almost never do because I prefer to buy games in hard copy. I'm with you on that. Usually when I'm on the Wii U store, I'm looking for demos because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, what do I think I might want to play next? But just out of, oh, and by the way, so you may or may not remember this, Zach, but there is a store in Twilight Princess that's run by Mallow. And the theme that plays in the store... Is it the Wii store? In, no, 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 no. Oh. So in the game, in Twilight Princess, yeah. there's a theme that plays yes. in the store. And then they totally, for the release, they put it into the Wii U store. Like, is that's the theme oh, that plays when you're actually awesome. just shopping around. And that's, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's hilarious. That's a fun touch. That's really cool. And what's best about it is it's a really annoying theme. Oh, really? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> like, if you listen to it long enough, you're like, God, I wanted crazy. to stop. <laughs> So that was really funny. I was cracking up about it as as I was just looking through other stuff, and I happened to find Child of Light on sale for three freaking dollars and 75 cents. That's a good deal. Now, before this, I had never played Child of Light, but I have listened to the soundtrack 
religiously Absolutely. for mm-hmm. like more than a year. I listened to the soundtrack all the time. It came on my YouTube feed. It's like, oh, if you like the Journey soundtrack, I do. Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> I will absolutely take these suggestions. And it suggested Child of Light, and I listened to one song, and I was like, oh, my. Yep. Yes, please. Yes. More of this. Yes. I have I'm to done. play this game ASAP. And I didn't, because I was like, no, the soundtrack is enough, you know. Because at first, I didn't even think it was for any Nintendo platforms. I thought it was something that you could only get on Xbox or PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I cur- now have my PS3, but back then I didn't. So I thought I didn't have access. So to find it on the Wii U store for $4.06 tax inclusive, I was like, that's a steal. Mm-hmm. I had also been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, in- my decisions were did slightly I, did I mention that? That was great was the way you said it. Drunk. Did I mention I was drunk? <laughs> I had been having a lot of Trader Joe's fine two buck chuck. And I was like, yes. I am happy to make this purchase. And so I bought it, but then didn't play it because I immediately went back to Twilight Princess HD. As but one then the does. other day I was like, okay, I need a break. I've been playing Twilight Princess a lot. I need to branch out. And I bought this game and I need to play it. So I started it really having no expectations for what the gameplay would be like. And on top of having killer visuals, I mean, talk about storybook layout. It's a 2D side scroller, which really fits with the overarching theme of the game because it's very much framed as being a bedtime story. Mm -hmm. It starts with like, and all of the dialogue is in rhymes, which a lot of people have argued feels very forced. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I want all of the characters to speak in rhymes all the time. (laughs) One of the side characters like shtick is that she never rhymes any of the couplets and other characters have to chime in and be like, I think you meant blank. (laughs) What? (laughs) Whatever word that actually rhymes with what she was trying to say. And it's just like, yes, this is hilarious. So I had no expectations for what the game would actually be. But as it turns out, the combat is really well-defined. Like, I was not thinking this would be a combat-heavy game. I was viewing it very much as, like, a 2D side-scroller kind of adventure-type indie game. That is not what it is. The combat system is certainly simple, but it's very engaging and pretty challenging. So you can actually have a lot of different types of encounters based on the enemies that you meet. And, of course, with all of these enemies, you do have to have other party members. So I didn't even know that you would have other members of your party. Yeah, I, I, I assumed it was a, no, just no, no, like yeah. you by yourself. So yeah. you are the girl child. You are the child of light Aurora. She has this awesome red hair that's always billowing around her. It has a life of its own. And then her little companion is this little blue. He's They refer to him as a firefly, but he's kind of like a little fairy. He's just this blue flame called Igniculus. And I thought that was all there was to the game. I thought you were Aurora and Igniculus, and that was the whole game. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You have many different characters that can join your party and fight with you. I believe you can only have two people in battle at a time. I'm not done with it. So it's possible that will change because you can fight currently a maximum of three enemies at a time. Mm -hmm. But you only have two on your team, which does make it a little bit more challenging. So I had no idea that there were other playable characters. To my great surprise, they are awesome. So the first person you meet is like a jester. She's the one that can't rhyme. And it's like, you're supposed to be a clown. Why can't you do this? So she's fantastic. And then eventually you meet your guy that's like a magic caster. And then eventually you meet somebody else. But then a little bit further into the game, you meet a girl who is actually a sister of Aurora. So I had no idea she even had family members. I knew she had a dad. 
and a stepmom. I had no idea she had sisters or family at all. And you just meet her out of the blue. Like you run into her in this world of Lemuria and you're just like, Oh sister, I'm so glad you're here. And it's like, what? How, how did she even get here? So she's awesome. She's older than Aurora. So Aurora is meant to be, I would guess probably eight to 10 years old. She's a young kid. Nora, who is her sister, so it's Nora and Aurora. Ha! They run. <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. There you I was go. like, oh, I wasn't even thinking of the right <laughs> pronunciation. But Nora is awesome. She's older than Aurora, probably in her, I would peg her at late teens, but I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that. To Aurora's red hair, she is taller. She wears all white. She has silver hair with like this cool black headband. And as Aurora does, she primarily uses a sword as her weapon because Aurora has like this big exaggerated crown and a big sword that's way too big for her. Nora is really like the mature version of Aurora. She owns her sword and she's like standing in battle and she's ready. And I was like, wow, considering her waif-like appearance, this is not the kind of character I was expecting. So she, it might be my imagination, she seems to be leveling up at a much more increased rate than everyone else in my party. Granted, I use her all the time, but that's because I use Aurora and Nora as my main duo. I very rarely switch them out. I love them both to death. Mm -hmm. The other two characters, they're useful, but I don't use them. So they're like my two mains, but she seems to be gaining levels faster and faster and faster. Hmm. And I could be wrong about this, but I have a very unfortunate sinking suspicion that Nora might turn on me. <gasps> I think That's that she is... I, I know. I'm curious I for you to play, finish it. I think she's technically Aurora's stepsister. So, and, and stepsisters are always easy. Yeah, and so in this storybook framework, Aurora's stepmother, it hasn't been explicitly stated yet, but Aurora's stepmother, I am pretty sure is being set up to be the evil queen, more or less, the queen of the night. And Nora, as one of the stepsisters, would presumably also be evil. This is somewhat mirrored in the interaction that Nora actually has in words. So most of these characters, there's really not that much dialogue. Because how much rhyming can you do in a single game? They were like, God, we got to cut this back. (laughs) It's impossible. In a few of the interactions Nora has, she can go from being very, very nice. She clearly loves Aurora sincerely. And she can be very giving and compassionate. But eventually you meet this character who is a human-sized rat that joins your party and nora's like no Uh, i'm on board nora's just like gross rats vermin disgusting Mm -hmm. get that thing out of our party and i'm like yeah nora i don't like him either (laughs) definitely (laughs) i'm definitely on nora's side i'm like i didn't want him regardless (laughs) so she's really fantastic even though she doesn't speak a lot usefulness is sky high because she seems to be leveling up so much faster. She's got a really high attack rate in terms of sheer utility in the game. She can cast all of the spells that you really want, like quicken and lull, which slow down the enemy and speed you up respectively. Mm. Petrify, which stops them in their tracks. If you knew the combat system, you would know that's extremely useful. (laughs) Unstoppable, which makes it to where the enemies can't interrupt you casting your own spells. Very, very useful. (laughs) And then on top of all of that, usually magic users don't have very high attack power. Nora's attack power is just as good. And you're like, holy crap, she's the best. 
which gives me this idea that it might be too good to be true. Mm. Right. So that's where a lot of this fear comes from. I really think Nora's going to turn on me. Mm, I interesting. Think something's I'm glad that you're happen. talking about this character in the middle of your playthrough. Yeah. So I'm it's like, I, I keep being like, to give us an update. am I leveling yes. her up yes. and giving her all of these really good items? And then halfway through the game, she's going to turn around and try to kill me. Like, I'm really worried <laughs> about it. But who knows? Aurora could have other evil sisters or just other regular benign sisters. You never know. I haven't gotten that far yet. And I knew so little about the game beforehand, aside from the soundtrack, that it really is just a broad mystery. So I'm hmm. really looking forward to seeing where it goes. I'll keep you updated. I just, I, just want the, I just want the next episode to start with Moby just going, guys, she turned on me. It happened. I will cry so much because <laughs> she's my favorite right now. Yes, keep us updated. By the next episode recording, next episode, we should At know. the rate I'm playing, I'm blazing through okay, it. Cool. And I'm still, I feel like I'm not even halfway done. Mm. It's a much longer game than I was anticipating. Yeah. Interesting. So play it. It's the best. Cool. Nice. Nice. And Nora, she's the best. You're going to love her. Please don't turn on me. Until more. she turns on us, yes. and then we all so hate her. Right now we like her. But then we respect her for her courage to betray. <laughs> yes. to, to kill her younger sister, who was maybe 10 years Tis old. <laughs> Etu Brute. Yes, yes. <laughs> As you go down. <laughs> so, my final character that I want to talk about, I've brought him up in the past, but he stands out to me. Yeah, there's a little plastic ball in those Yes, cans. that's okay. what Guinness does. <laughs> really uh, we're drinking beer. <laughs> now they know. I thought this was going to be one of those woman finds finger in Coke can. <laughs> yes. No. I'll be rich. <laughs> little little plastic ball in there. Keep I would them. drink the whole thing keep. if it meant getting to the finger. <laughs> Ew. God. I want the money, Jared. Keeps, it keeps the Guinness fresh. <laughs> but no, so this character has stood out as one of the more iconic villains in video games for me. Wait, we want to guess it. Okay, do you think it's from a game I may have played? Um, no. I'm saying we, but I don't know if Zach actually wants to guess. No, I don't think you. I, I don't can, think you. I, I, I you played it. it down. Yeah, I've played it. No, no, no. I don't think either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about this. I've talked about the series before. Is it Far Cry? Yes. Oh, okay, at least I got the series right. Good for me. I know. Oh, I I've think been, I know I've been kind of on a Far Cry. Is I think I know who you're talking about. Where's the pink suit? No, no. Oh. Pagan, it's the guy with that's the, pagan it's, men. It's the guy with the mohawk. Yes. Boss. I'll let you do your thing. So. So no, great honorable mention. Pagan Men was a fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about him. <laughs> was a was a, a great uh, villain for Far Cry Four, but Voss. Now, granted, Far Cry Three oh, was the first I of the this. Far Cry series that I played, and you meet Voss very early on in the game. He kidnap he attacks your camp. You're on this island vacationing with your friends and your brother, and you meet, and then he attacks your camp and like takes all of your friends captive. Uh, I believe kills you. You're there with your two brothers, and I believe he kills your older, your oldest brother, older brother. The Nora of the game. And so I know, right? (laughs) And so um, you're able to escape, but then throughout the course of the game, you have these interactions with with Voss, and he is insane. Like literally, (laughs) he's uh, he's just no two ways about it. No, he's he's just uh, very much just like. You know, we'll go into these mad rages and we'll just be very the the word is escaping me right now. I'm having trouble with that tonight. But just like in how in just uh Manic? Yeah, yes. Oh, thank you. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. you. That guys. was the word I was looking for. Beautiful. We're just we're chemistry's in, we're developing. We're so in sync. <laughs> this is great. But no, so just how manic he is. Like you never you don't know what he's going to do. Now, this is one thing that I will say about Far Cry, is it's like um they always have this interesting way, and it's happening again with Primal. And I can't decide if I like it or not, 
but they have this way of you interact a whole lot with the villains and like they should just straight up just kill you because you're like you're a pain in my ass mm-hmm. i'm tired of dealing with you and but kill they you like to, like, but then they try to like they like no, they, yeah they monologue oh. and then they but then they also will just like be like and you're gonna die now and like throw you into this like deep cavern or something but they and, don't and you actually up, try to kill they don't you actually just like, like straight up put a bullet through your head right. kind of thing well so they're holding guns no less and you're like really but yeah they sound but still it's it's the build it is very know? theatrical like and now i will give mad props to the actor who plays voss michael mando and they who they did motion capture for him and all that stuff they had to oh. because voss and michael mando look identical and so um and they even had they did a series of live action uh, shorts to promote the sh- to promote the game that put them all together. They're like like webisodes, basically put them all together. They're like thirty minutes long. Hmm. All you know, all of them combined together. And Michael Mando plays him in the live action version, and they even have a fun tie into those from the game because uh, Christopher Mintz Plass. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLovin from Superbad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is also <laughs> in these web shorts as like a tourist who's on the island who mm-hmm. gets like who gets captured by Voss. And so there's this one part where where Voss like buries. Christopher Mintzplass and up to his head in the sand. I've the seen that image. I've yeah. seen that. And so, uh, but apparently in the game, you can go find now deceased Christopher Mintzplass yeah. buried in <laughs> the, so in the sand on the beach. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, just how manic it over the top heard, he is. Yeah, he, you know, he, he like gets in your face a whole lot. And, you know, he, you can just see. And even for being at like a video game, which, you know, sometimes video games cannot be the, the greatest in depicting facial expression, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially, you know, at some older games, but this game's fairly recent. The graphics are very good, mm-hmm. but you can see, but you know he'll get like get up in your face, and I remember this one. This one time he like is talking about the you know like the uh, definition of insanity. If it just means doing the same thing over and mm-hmm. over, and he's just like, and I find myself doing the same thing over and over, <laughs> trying to kill you. And it's just like, so you are like you know, and just like freaking out about it. And I've um, seen him come up a lot in the online community. Like he's just because on he's the just like I just he's just one of those people. You're just him. like this dude is legitimately batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. But and, I, but I heard he's very like. Is it like fun? Like, is it like, like, is it exciting? Does like, he do make? Do you think you might be friends in different? Does, are no. you, do you like, like? Does any of you like him a little bit? I mean, you like him because of how much of a, uh, like you know, it, it, to any Just extent of how you how can like a villain. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, they're interesting. They bring like cool things to the table, or you know, like this cool air and like mm-hmm. and thing about them. It and really adds depth to the it, game. It does. It really does. And then. Especially and like it's really cool when you when you have like the confrontation with Voss and everything. It's almost like this this drug trip kind of thing, which is a very high big influence of, mm-hmm. is this of after Far you Cry Three. Down all the marijuana fields. Yes, it is after. Immediately, not immediately after. <laughs> you're fresh off like, the field, but later on when you're when you're when you're fighting Voss and all this stuff, it's like you're you know it's this very much just like trippy state uh, and all this and the. Uh, because really, I mean, Far Cry Three takes a lot. Of, it has a heavy influence on like a drug trip or something like that throughout throughout. And so, you know, and that's part of it. Voss is a is a drug dealer for the for the big bad guy Hoyt. Um, and but just he's one of those villains. Like sometimes I feel like video game villains could just be like, "You're the villain," mm-hmm. and I have to don't I have to not like you. Very blah. Yeah, Voss is one of the is one of the only villains. 
who has come into the story and I've interacted with the story and be like, no, I don't like you because you are legitimately terrifying. That's a big compliment to the development of that character because I know exactly what you mean. So many villains are they say they're the villains, therefore I don't like them. Yeah, you know, but you, I don't you have, have to a kill because real... you know you you have to defeat him because you know that you have to mm-hmm. because he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Voss, you're just like no, you're I really crazy. Like I have to kill you. That's I, really, that's I have to stop you at some point. Granted, you, too, he has your brother and all this other stuff. But then how Voss ties into like the whole thing of this of like who rules and in control of this island. Far Cry Three is one of the best games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. It you know. For for being, you know, granted, not high enough to hit my top three from episode one. <laughs> yeah, but, ooh, right. I mean, I it don't know. It was not Maybe, in your top three. It was not. <laughs> but it's it's definitely in my top ten for sure. But, and, you know, it's, I don't know. Voss just stood out to me as being somebody who's just like, every time you'd come on the screen, every time you had to interact with him, you're just like, oh, shit, what's he going to do Right, you'd listen. You'd turn the volume up. You're like, I yeah. want to hear what he's going like, to say. You don't, you don't want to get mixed out. And just, mm-hmm. it's, he's a outstanding Mm-hmm. Character, nice, very nice. Are we going to do the quick shout out? So we just recently discovered that a few of the members of the core team who worked on Child of Light, oh, did yeah, also yeah, yeah. work on Far Cry Three. We were talking about that that's earlier. A which funny little, of the two games? So the two that's games amazing. Like, are so different. That's the, yeah. So in and case you didn't know, Child it. of Light is Ubisoft. Yeah. And come to find out, a bunch of the people who did Far Cry Three wound up working on Child of Light, and it's like how different can yeah, two right. <laughs> games be? So it's just really weird that they're both awesome games and yet such different experiences. Mm-hmm. And both so hit. Cool. Both games hit in our characters. Yeah, so. yeah that's amazing. Well Shout done, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. We just did not yeah. plan that. Yeah. No, we yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah, we normally do not compare lists before we get started We usually go in, yeah, very fresh. Yeah, so we that way we to, can, uh, all of our mm-hmm. reactions and commentary or can be fresh and genuine. Yes. We're not actors. <laughs> we're not. Except what It'd we be say? cool. We like, we're actors and that we like each other. That's the only thing that we're acting. Yes. That's Get out joke. of my house. Get out. Yeah, we're done. Let's just cut this one out. I don't care about your number <laughs> ones. <laughs> I got mine in, so, you yeah, know, screw so y'all. Stop. <laughs> um, no, let me... Okay, so I'll go to my number one, yeah. and we got Mogan's number one. So, yeah, I'll blaze through it. Yeah, we'll just blaze... Well, we don't have to blaze it, but yeah. <laughs> don't blaze. Give give adequate I will. description. So Zach's going to take his time, and I'm going to have to blaze through it. Yeah, I know. I'm going to give you no window at all. <laughs> mine does come from a franchise that I did mention in my top three. Okay. So you probably know what it is. I'm assuming Halo. Oh, wait, no. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wait, is it Cortana? No. Oh, what? I, it was between Cortana and this other character. I thought Corda- Cortana is an unbelievable character, but what yes. made this other character kind of beat out as memorable, at least for me, was this character. And if you and you might be able to guess, maybe. I think I know who you're going to talk about. Antagonist. Whoa, oh, well, who can oh, say? Who can say, Mogan? Oh, sit down, even, everybody. Even this, right re- this recording just extended to yeah. 45 more yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. Protagonist or antagonist, that's, a, um, that's up to you, or I think. It it's from It's yeah, from perspective. Yeah, that's not the word I was actually <laughs> thinking. <laughs> that's exactly. That's, it's a good effort. It's, it's a perspective thing. It's from where you're looking at it from. But he is one of the only links to a era that was hundreds of thousands of years ago. Oh, wow. And I am a little bit ashamed and embarrassed to say I don't, I haven't read the Halo books and I don't know m- <laughs> much. I don't Even, think you should be embarrassed I'm not. Well, 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 I'm just, I'm a huge Halo fan, but I only know Halo from the video I games. I like reading the Star Wars books. Yeah, what are you trying give to me say, shit about that? <laughs> yeah, you got something else to say? <laughs> You're insulting our listeners. <laughs> I'm saying that books are for chumps is what I'm saying. Play the game. Play watch the video the games or watch the movies. Come on. But screw off Who of those Who would yeah. read when you can be playing? Yes. But anyways, I don't 
I, so essentially what I, what I did today, I was like, oh, I'll familiar, familiarize myself with the character. And it went into such an, uh, a, a depth that I did not know existed. <laughs> and so I got even more confused. So I really like to just keep it in the context of the game. Okay. But he is a character that is one of your only links to a very long time ago when these rings were created. And he, Jared, I don't know if you've guessed it yet. He No, is, I'm still racking my brain trying he, to figure out who he, it is. He is the uh, guardian, so to speak, of the ring that you land on in Halo 1, which is not 0-7, like I might have mentioned, it's 0-4. Okay. Oh. He, so you run into him midway through the game. He is... In the first Halo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the first is he Halo. a human or no. is he an alien? Well, okay. Okay, so <laughs> too his, many questions. His name... Again. <laughs> here's the reveal. It is 343 Guilty Spark. He is the blue... Oh, okay. The blue robot, the blue floating robot Those thing. words mean nothing Got to it. Me. I know. 343 Guilty Spark. And he is the guardian of Halo, or Installation 004, okay. the ring. And he, his main job, you run into him, is essentially, if you're familiar with Halo, when the flood is released, when it, gets, when it starts to consume everything in really the universe, it's a mm-hmm. parasite that exists, you... The rings were developed in order to stop that. The only way to stop the flood is by killing their food. The food is any living thing in the universe. Convenient. So, right? I know. So Mogan, who is not I'm that not familiar, familiar with Halo, no. I love explaining these things to people because <laughs> I think that right there, boom, what a, a great story mechanic. Yeah. The only way to kill this alien is by destroying their food. The food Which is, is everything. Is everything. And it's like, whoa, like that is on such what an epic scale already. And... <gasps> And you don't realize that. He looks like Wheatley. He does. I was going to oh mention that he does look a little bit like Wheatley. Brother of Wheatley. I know. Hopefully and he's, and he, and he's just as kind of... Voiced coincidentally by Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be so funny. He is no. just as sort of bubbly and um, humorous as Wheatley. He's, Tim Dadabo. Tim Dadabo. Dadabo. I'm not sure if we're saying that. What up, Tim Dadabo? Okay, That's but the at least guy. we're throwing it out there. He's just as interesting as Wheatley, except he... Like... Portal 2, there's juxtaposed with a really dark sense of humor. That's sort of in present in Halo because he's so bubbly and carefree. Not Carefree is not the right word, but he's very excited that he gets to destroy everything almost. He's like, I'm very excited that we can activate the ring. This is very important. You know, and he'll be floating with you. And you, as Master Chief, the reclaimer, as he calls you, is the only person that, or you're not the only person that can do this, but basically you need somebody like this to get the index in order to put it into the ring and like turn the key, basically. Oh. He's programmed not to be able to do it. He has to find somebody else to do it for him, okay. right? So he basically found you. Let me, you know, and he's kind of got, he's not a British accent, but he's kind of this high energy, uh, he's been alone forever, so he talks to himself a lot as you're going along, <laughs> and he has no regard for human life or alien life. He is, like I said, programmed to... If this happens, A, will A, protect the ring from anything that might be a threat, and B, be able to activate them if the flood outbreak occurred, does occur like it has in the first Halo. And so he's like, let's, you, I need you, Master Chief, in order to turn the key for me. So you, he becomes this companion, but as I've explained, his legion lies, or his alliance lies with no one, except for really the ring and anything. He's very analytical and logical. While at the same time, he has this kind of funny human side to him as well. For instance, you'll be kind of riding, or you'll be going with him, and he's leading you away, 
any he'll be leading you down corridors and whatnot and always be talking to himself and he's like hoo, i am a genius you know? <laughs> he's like this very funny little guy that's like and he's always humming you know as you're like getting swarmed by like aliens he's like mm-hmm. i see what's happening there right. i'm yeah, not going like, to lift my finger you made it you know so he's this kind of weird little like nymph thing like a like a sidekick or a, like, like a leprechaun thing i like to think that him and wheatley are cousins they could be if you want to predict those two worlds that's exactly you go ahead exactly what i've decided to think comes out later <laughs> the yeah. worlds are linked right <laughs> she figured it out i'm not saying i'm putting it out there as an idea but if they wanted to make it it'd be a good one <laughs> but what and i don't want to go like crazy in depth about it because there's so many things that i really had no idea of about him, I learned it all today. Really, from watching just videos, went down a I did. I went hole. down a dark rabbit hole, and I was like, "This stuff, I'll, I won't retain much of this information." But from what I've experienced with him, he is just that. Like I've said earlier, he's this link to what the ring is and where it came from. His goals. He as once I, when I mentioned Halo in the first episode about Halo One, you're constantly catching up this, with the story. You're not. You're you're figuring out as it goes along. And his introduction creates this third element when it talks about the flood it talks about the forerunners it talks about this whole mythological ancient alien race that existed that he had direct contact with so he is this portal to another element that halo that made the halo story what it is because you the halo- say the word portal on purpose <laughs> i wish i wish i wish i was that clever mogan i wish but that turns and this is a big statement but i think a lot of there's some truth in it he his element and his appearance in the game turns Halo from a regular good versus bad to a like you know pseudo religious mythological you know dynamic which is super amazing and what made me love the Halo story so much now which of the games is this from He's in all of them. Oh, he, and he comes okay. back. He's like, yeah, he's like the guy from Dragon Age. He's he, a, he's a, he's in, yeah, he's in Halo Three. He's such. in Halo oh, One, Two, okay. Three. I don't know if he's in Halo Four. I, I don't, don't remember he, him. I don't in think four. he's in Halo it's Five. Nice that he survives. But the, the cool thing is, each installation, there's seven of them. The rings has one of these monitors. They're called monitors, but they all have different names. But so he's three four three Guilty Spark. There's uh, I can't remember the other names, and some of them are unknown. But they all exist. The Forerunners created them, and they're like, you are the caretaker of the ring. Yes, Jared, do you have a question? I look like you have a question. I do, and I don't think it... I mean, Halo 3's been out long enough, so... Where he does the bad thing? Yes. I was going to say, don't you... You can't just say something like bad thing. He does the bad thing. Don't you kill him? You you pretty much destroy him, though, what I found out today. He's actually still alive, barely. Okay. So, but you do. There's okay, a moment, that just hit me. I was like, wait, I, I no. Don't think I, there's I was sport. pretty sure you I, killed honestly, him. Honestly, dude, so many people... At this point, have, yeah. Yeah, he, he basically... And he, does, he kills one of... A very prominent character in the Halo series. You can say who it is at the same time. Sergeant Johnson. Halo Three's been out since 2009. Yeah, oh, Sergeant God. Johnson. We can who talk is about it. One of like the military leaders that is oh. really by your side. One of the more powerful, I guess, military men by your side. And he's he's a great character as well. Great Halo character. But there is a moment where he wants to act, or he wants to like. I, it's in Halo Three. He's doing something with the ring, but the ring's not ready, and the monitor freaks out. And that's what. The, and that's what's so interesting about him because at one point he's helping you. I guess it's like it, he's helping you do something that you think is good, but he knows is bad. But he all, he assumes you know it's bad. You know, he's not. He's like he's not giving you the full information for the most part of Halo One, at least. He's just assuming that oh, you can help me. Let's go do it. And he's your friend. And if someone gets in his way, we'll just kill him. You know, it's but you never get like a malicious I like that kind sense. of can do attitude. He's very blunt. <laughs> gets the job. Done. He, he, <laughs> gets the job he doesn't done. like seem evil. He is just doing his job. 
That's why it's very... Okay. I don't know if he's a protagonist, antagonist. He, Man, I wish I could remember that word. Somebody I out know, there. he's in between. We could have used Someone it knows, the whole time. Needs, but, knows but what this word is. is. Please let us know. <laughs> I know. Tweet by us. sending us a tweet at Team <laughs> Chat Podcast you, or by an email, <laughs> teamchatpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. But when he does kill Sergeant Johnson, it is a shitty moment, and you do hate him for a little bit. But at the same time... You, I'm always excited to see him, and I'm always excited to see what he's going to say. He adds a nice level of humor into hey, the good series. Buddy. Yeah, he's like, "Hello." Yeah, I just love that line. I am a genius. <laughs> opening doors for you and stuff. He's very funny, very knowledgeable, but very conniving, but not on purpose. It's just what he's programmed to it's do. Just what he's programmed to do. He's doing you know? what he's but supposed him to do. And, kind of him and Cortana got want. mad beef. Cortana, who is also an AI, they she really figures out his intentions, and she oh. is like, "You are manipulating." John, who is Master Chief. She's like, this is fucked up. You're fucked up. And that's a great moment. Master Chief has them, like, between his two arms. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just tell me what's going on. And that's the great thing about Halo. She's like, I can't tell you what's going on. You have to go here right now. And you're like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Just (laughs) tell me, damn it. Who do I trust? You know? It's amazing. It's an amazing story. But um, 343 Guilty Spark. That is a very iconic character for me. So, side note also. Is that where 343 Industries got its name? It is. Mm. It is. Fun yeah, fact of bit of trivia. In your next rounds of Trivial Pursuit yes. out there, throw that one in from. the pot. I will. We're full of trivia today. Full of little hints here little and there. Tidbits. I like it. <laughs> so, Mogan, wrap it up for us. So, it's interesting. A lot of what Zach said about Guilty Spark is a lot of the things that I prize in one of my favorite characters from any game of all time. So it could be argued that this is among, I mean, if I had to make a top three from all the games ever, she would at least be somewhere in there. Maybe mm-hmm. not number one, but she would be in the top three. I might have a guess I've said it is. once before. Can you say, can you Today? think of it? Today? No, 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 but, but, but I've Just mentioned in, it in specifically. In the past 14 episodes. In the past 14 <laughs> episodes. Can you think of it? It's a female character. It's a female from character. one of your favorite games. One of my favorite games. Legend of Dragon. Starts with I'm, the Legend of. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's Legend of Dragon. I'm going to forget. Uh, I, know, I, know I, know, I know. I know the character. Yeah, I do. The, I know. Um, Rose? Yes, yes, it's Rose. I almost nice. said that. Dude, I swear nice, I almost Jared. said that. Jared, that's a fantastic. Fender's even so, excited. Victory Dance. Yeah, he's, he's very excited about Fender's it. Fender's a dog. <laughs> In case you weren't aware, they might just think he's our co- A fourth co-host that <laughs> doesn't have much to say? We should have a fourth intern. co-host. Just so he doesn't talk that much. He's just Fender. <laughs> he just sits there. So Rose, I haven't been able to expand on her background that much yet, so this is pretty exciting. So Rose is really a very similar game function as what I'm hearing Guilty Spark mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. She is essentially one of the very first members. So this is an RPG. Right. For those of you that don't know, The Legend of Dragoon is a very classic JRPG from back in the year 2000. It's I like think is PlayStation 1? Yeah, it's PlayStation 1. Like I've said, it's got four discs of content, an unbelievable amount of content. And it's a very long, convoluted game in terms of story. And a big part of the overarching story of the whole game really revolves around your main character, Dart, his lady love interest, Shauna, and then Rose. So everyone else is still in the story very much, but those are your people that are the key players of your party in the story. So there are all kinds of villains and other side characters that are very much in it, but Rose is really the key person that you're like, something's going on here. 
Mm-hmm. Something's going on with Rose. I don't quite know what it is yet, but I'm sure over these remaining three discs of content, I am sure to find out there's a lot still to cover here. So when she first joins your party, she's very much a protagonist. She finds you as Dart. You can barely fight. You can maybe kill bats, but that's about it. And she meets you in one of the cities, one of the first cities that you go to, and reveals to Dart that he is a dragoon. Because she is too. Hmm. So she has this big, awesome dragoon transformation. That's where they get their crazy magical armor with wild wings. And you're just like, oh my god, this is so cool. I can be you one day. I can be like, just like Rose. And so Rose, as a character, she's very dark. She's very quiet. She's very, she's got a very heavy mystique about her. She doesn't talk much. But what she says, you're like, I can tell she's a badass. She's pretty cool. So she's kind of trying to lead Dart and the the remaining characters through to an unknown end. You're not really sure why she's helping you. You know that she's a dragoon, you're a dragoon. That's clearly something that she's interested in, but you don't know much more about it in the very beginning of the game. You're just like, she's awesome. Her element, so each of the main characters in your party has an element that they fight with. She's the element of darkness. So all of her powers are like Demon's Gate, mm. where she opens up a gate to hell. So and like astral projection. Why does she like, have those powers? Awesome. Yeah, Because she's the best. But that also seems like there must be a hint of evil. So it does. So you're like, she might be a little bit more... She mm-hmm. she Also, her color scheme is very dark. She has jet black hair. Mm, she cool. wears this awesome like purple slash gold crazy outfit. And when she transforms, her armor is like really dark purple slash black. So you're like, she could be a killer. And then so as the main character Dart, his whole impetus for the very start of the story is he comes back home to find his hometown destroyed as he was on a quest to find this legendary creature called the Black Monster, which destroyed his hometown in his childhood, killed his mother, presumably killed his father. So he's been looking for this creature called the Black Monster. And then you meet Rose. And she's all black. And Mm. her armor's crazy black. Mm -hmm. And she's got these big crazy wings that you kind of see in silhouette at one flashback in the game. And you're like, oh no. (laughs) And then eventually you get to this haunted ghost ship. And all of the ghosts on the ship are attacking Rose. And they're like, you, you bastard, you black monster. And they're like, no, it's probably still not her. It's very (laughs) obvious at that point that it's definitely her. She's definitely the black monster. But it's still not stated. It's still like supposed to be this mysterious thing, but it's very much going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the big reveal does happen. It's like, holy crap, Rose is this legendary creature called the Black Monster. On disc three or four. And she is, yeah, this is, I think, disc three. <laughs> <laughs> I think disc, you've made it to disc three disc by this three. point. So she's the Black Monster, and you're really torn because Dart and all of the rest of the party have become very attached to her because even though she's very, you know, kind of cold and aloof, she clearly does care about you and the other members. So, like, even though she doesn't say it, you feel the love. You're like, I can tell, Rose, I can tell you love us. And so it's really kind of tearing to realize that her entire purpose as the Black Monster has been to slaughter Every 108 years, the reincarnation of a thing called the moon child, which is quite literally a baby. So every 108 Mm. years, a baby is born that is the moon child, which is a key to the apocalypse. 
Whoa. So Rose is this very <gasps> so interesting. So many layers. Exactly. Yeah, so this God. is the every RPG. This is the RPG. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> layers upon so, headache. Oh my this God. is why there had to be four discs. You yes. just kept getting deeper. God, who made this game? So <laughs> you you realize person. that Rose has been spending the past eleven thousand years as this immortal creature, just waiting for the next moon child to be born, and then she has to go and kill this baby, mm. and so she's literally stopping the apocalypse that is what she's doing but it's very tragic and you're like god rose i'm really sorry you had to murder all those babies and so then in the actual game it is later revealed that oh holy crap shauna your girlfriend she's the moon child as it turns out she's the twin sister of the previous moon child that rose thought she killed and so they find out that shauna Uh is actually the moon child and rose is like oh i'll I'll clean this up i'm gonna kill her don't (laughs) usually grow that old no they usually don't get to adulthood and shauna did so it's like a big deal so it's so Rose is like, don't worry, on I Rose's can still, record. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I can still stop this. And so she's totally going to kill Shauna. What? Like, you know that she definitely would, except that the actual primary villain of the game steals Shauna away because they do want the apocalypse to happen. Oh, wow. So Rose is like, no, I'm definitely going to finish my purpose. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill double her. Double fold. Like, Killing it's two nice. Birds with one I like you, Shauna, but I meant to kill you back when you were a baby <laughs> and I failed. So now's the time. <laughs> Great drama. So, drama. Yeah, it's Wonderful. very drama filled. And then at the so big spoiler alert in case you haven't played it since the year 2000 uh, <laughs> haven't but you know at this point I don't know so, so, so Rose is actually one of the only key characters of your party that does actually die at the end of the game so Rest she actually peace. dies mm. but it's seen as being like this sort of happy thing because she's reunited with the love of her life from 11,000 years ago and they get to die together in a blaze of glory finally what? that's can all you, we want can you imagine being alive for 11,000 years? That's a years? long that's time. I'm sure that's she was too happy long. as well. So she's like, she's seen all of her friends come and go, mm-hmm. and she finally gets to die beside the one man she ever loved. Mm-hmm. And it's that's like, awesome. awesome. So she's definitely, she's very high up there on that's my list a gr- yeah, fave. Like and her backstory so complicated. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of emotions there. <laughs> we just need to have an episode. That's literally just Mogan talking. I mean, I could just Dragon. read off. I mean, my I know list we talked about it like way back in, right. in all this stuff, but like, and we've so always joked about the Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, what are you? What? What? We should have heard of that game. Like <laughs> you and I don't talk at all. We maybe do like the intro, then we just mm-hmm. be like. And okay, Mogan. And I'll be go. like, okay, we're yes. going to start with character lists, then we're going to start with places, and we can just then put we're the going to start with discs. In the background. <laughs> we're going to go with the walkthrough. You know? So yeah. if you've started yet, you're going to go left. <laughs> yeah. I know how about a... Mogan talking about the Zelda chess. I was about to say, there's a stardust in the box behind right. the tree, behind the stone. And she's like, I was going exactly. down to the lake, and the chess was not there from the original Zelda. This it's like an audio, oh my God, it's like an audio, wa- audio walkthrough. <laughs> because I've played it many, many times. God, an audio walkthrough. That's two good ideas that you've had today. One was the audio walkthrough. Usually through. you don't have what as was, many good ideas. No. <laughs> what was the other good idea? God dang it. I'll have to listen to the episode and then... I know. If I don't myself. edit it out so no one else takes my good ideas. It was a good idea. I was like, that's a bad, not a bad idea. I, I forget. Something with, something with the podcast, perhaps. <laughs> that we needed a visual component for. That's what I said. Oh, Snapchatting? Snapchatting. Snap- oh, okay. People can Snapchat us. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the, not the sure se- I would say yeah, it's a good no, idea. No, the second idea is better. Yeah, yeah, second idea is better. But anyway. Patent pending. Yeah. Don't steal, please. <laughs> it's ours. It's ours. Dibs, 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 dibs. <laughs> Copyright. Trademark. Uh, so, no, I think we covered a very uh, good gambit, as it were. A, a wide, A very broad range of, of characters from different kinds of games and different genres. Um, but as usual, if you would like to share with us your favorite characters, and please do, 
Send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and send us a tweet there at teamchatpodcast. Mm. If my bro, bro Mogan, if he doesn't say something about the Legend of Dragon, mm. I'm going to be really mad at him. Yeah, you need some supporters. So I need better, to know other people play this yeah, game. Yeah. Bro Mogan, you have been called out. He's, yeah. he's my only other link to the mm. game that I love, so he'd better freaking say something. <laughs> I like the word link. Good. I know. I was, I was, I was <laughs> I trying to think of some kind sooner. of like tie and dissolve on that. Uh, but well, it, we could say that he's my link to the past. Oh, oh snap! <laughs> really can't say anything more now. We got to end on that note. I know. <laughs> we got to take it back. But until next time, this has been Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. See ya. And to my left, Zachary Parks. Peace out. Catch y'all next time. <laughs>